Today, Shir Masechta Yavamis Dafir Beis. We will begin on Dafir Aleph Amid Beis on the first wide line. Amr of Chibar Abba, Amr of Yochanan, Boy. Chibar Abba says Rav Yochanan asked the following question: Hamachs Gushasa Mishinesis. If somebody remarried his mach, his grusha, which as we've been discussing in our shurim, the loch is that once one's grusha gets remarried, he may not take her back. The question the Gemara poses, since the Torah, according to the Chachamim, did not use the word Tumah by that woman, the Pasuk, according to the Chachamim, only speaks, does not, that mentions Tuma in the subject of Max Kushasai. The Rabbanan in our previous year said was really talking about a Saita Tsarasamahu. What would be the halacha about Hatsara? Can the Tsara be a candidate for Yibum or Chalitza? Amle Rav Ami, Tibailachi Gufa. So I asked the Gemara why we focused on the Tsara of the Max Kushasai. Why aren't we speaking about the Max Kushasai herself? Since the Mach's Grushasa was only also to her husband, her husband wasn't supposed to remarry her. But the Yavam is not, uh, uh, to, to the Yavam, she's not a Mach's Grushasa. He was never married to her. Since he was never married to her, so the, since the Yavam was never married to this woman, so there should be no issue for him to be able to do Yibam. Achalitza says the Gemara. There is no question that the Yavam may not do Yibam in the woman who was a Machsukushasai to the deceased brother, because we say Kavachaimer. Says the Gemara. We say the following Kavachaimer. Bala Asura, the husband who caused this entire change, chain, chain of events. The man to whom she was married, whom she ought not have married. Also, she was not allowed to be married to him because so the brothers, who really she is an erva to those brothers, as we keep on discussing in our shiurim, because really a sister-in-law is an eshesach. Given the right circumstances, as we have been discussing, she becomes mutter. But she really starts off in a very complicated place. And since she certainly starts off in a complicated place, there's no question that she should not have yibam. The Rishonim discuss, what will be the halacha regarding Tysus already discusses, is it mean that certainly she should not be a candidate for yibam, but maybe she should be a candidate for chalitza, or is she maybe not even a candidate for Chalitza? And actually, it's a machloikis achroinim. The Taz says that since the Isser for a husband to remarry, his divorcee is a lav, so the Isser for the brothers, going back to a concept that we've been discussing in our shiurim, that the Torah views the marriage of a Yavam or the relationship of the Yavam to his Yavama as an extension of the marriage of the deceased husband to his wife. And since the Alocha views it in that fashion, says the Taz, the Issa would only be an Issa And since it's an, the Issa is only an Issa 
the Isser to do Yibam, based on the Kavachim that we just learned in our Gemara, is only an Isser Drabonon, and therefore she can be a candidate for Chalitza. The Beis Shmuel disagrees, and he says, there's an Isser Medaraisa to do Yibam with this divorcee. Because, as we just learned, when the marriage that took place between the husband and this wife was a forbidden marriage, there is no interest in the Torah to perpetuate such a marriage, which is what Yibam does. Yibam perpetuates the marriage that was here between the Yavam and his wife. If it was a marriage that should not have taken place, it should not be perpetuated. If it not be perpetuated, it's certainly not, it's not a candidate for Yibam. And if it's not a candidate for Yav, for, Yav, for Yibam, it automatically also is not a candidate for Chalitza. Because as we go back to the beginning of the Masechta, we learned in Daf Gimel, Kol Chalitza. But now the question is, what, how do we look at the Tzorah of the Mach of the, this woman? The question is regarding Hatsara. My, me Alam Kavachimer. Is the Kavachimer so powerful that she is not a candidate for Yibam? Neither is the Tsara. Lemitri Tsara. It only affects the, the Erva, but not the Tsara. Ramnach Mayitzk Masnehachi. Ramnach Mayitzk has this discussion in the following fashion. Amram Chibar Abba. According to this version, the question was on the Grusha herself, not on the Tzara. To which Rav Ami commented, Rav Ami, Rav Ami commented, Why are you only asking me about the Grusha? Why don't you ask me about the Tzara? To which Rav Yochan says, I have no question about the Tzara. In my opinion, the Kavachayim does not have the ability to make the Tzara also. Because the woman herself is only a Chai Velavin. The marriage, albeit should not have happened, it's a forbidden marriage, it was a marriage that was halachically valid. And therefore, it doesn't have, she's not considered the degree of an erva that we've been discussing in Amasechta, that the erva exempts her tzara. What is my question? He my. What is going to be the status of the woman herself? Does this kavachayma have the ability to say that there won't be a mitzvah It won't have that ability. To which Rav Ami responded to Rav Yochanan to We're going to learn it in a Mishnah. A Mishnah that we've quoted in our previous year. The Mishnah teaches us how to ask men, "Shera, I've asked Psula, and Chaylitz Chaylitz the Psula. If you're going to do Chalitza, do Chalitza on the Psula, but Miyab Miyab Mel Shera." And as we learned in our previous year, what the Gemara wants to define, my Shera, my Psula. What is the definition of Shera, and what is the definition of Psula? Ilay Mikshera la Alma that she's a woman that's allowed to marry a Kain, and Psula means she's a Psula la Alma. She's a woman who previously was divorced. She's a woman who was previously once a chalutza. That the halacha is that a woman who's a grusha chalutza, as we know, may not marry a kohen. Says the Gemara, but these brothers are obviously not kohanim. For if they were kohanim, how could their brother, the kohen, have married a woman who was a grusha chalutza? So if they are Yisraelim. 
So if they're Yisraelim, even though they chazya, for them, it's not a question that they're allowed to be married, that they, they're allowed to marry her, whether she is a Grusha or a Chalutza. So how do we understand when the Mishnah says, Ksheira Psula, Elav, how must we understand the Mishnah? The Mishnah is talking about Ksheira Lei, Ksheira Ksheira Lei, a woman who, the, the husband who died, was allowed to be married. Psula means a woman who Psula a woman that that husband should not have married. What is the example? The example is, and what does the Mishnah say that Allah is? So we clearly see that even though the Grusha herself, the woman that the husband took back, which she shouldn't have, but as we keep on repeating, halachically it was a valid marriage because it's only a Chai she is not a candidate for Yibam Machalitza, but Hatsara is a candidate for Yibam Machalitza. So, so isn't this clearly an answer to the question that we've been discussing? Says the Merloi, that we will go back to our original assumption. Ksheri means Ksheri La'alma, a woman who may marry Kain, she was never a Grusha Chalutza. Psula means Psula Alma, a woman that was never allowed to marry, is a woman who's not allowed to marry a Kain because she's previously been a Grusha Chalutza. But ask the Gemara as we asked before, Kivan the Dei Chazir, he's a Yisrael. So the fact that she might have been a Grusha Chalutza at one point is immaterial to him. Answers the Gemara, Kivan, ask the Gemara, Kivan the Dei Chazir, my Nafkalimine, what, why is that called Ksheira Psula? Answers the Gemara, Bishum the Rav Yosef. The, the Lima the Rav Yosef taught us, we discussed in the previous year, Dom Rav Yosef, Shon, Kanshan, Rebbe, Rebbe's teaching us in this Mishnah, a person shouldn't spill out water, that even though he doesn't need the water, other people may need the water. So if you're going to do Chalitza with a wife, if you're going to do Yibum, so do Yibum with the wife that you want to do Yibum with. But if you're going to do Chalitza, don't do Chalitza with the wife who is anyway, with the wife who is not till now Grusha Chalitza, who's a woman who may marry a Kayin. Do the Chalitza on the woman who can't marry a Kayin anyway, because she's already previously been a Grusha Chalitza, and you're not ruining anything for this woman or for potential Kayin. So we're back to our original question that we began the, the share with. What's going to be the halacha by Tzoros Machsugushasai? Tashma Machsugushasai Mishinissas. The halacha is He Vitzorosa Chalitzas. The Braisa clearly indicates that the Tzor has Chalitza. He Vitzorosa. So ask the Gemara, he, how could that be? The simple Pshat is He Vitzorosa, the both of them have Chalitza. How could you say that? We know that when a man passes away and he had multiple wives, only one of them has Yibam or Chalitza. Either she or her Tzara can only do Chalitza, says the Gemara. Haven't we just seen that this Brisa has to be modified? The wording of the Brisa is clearly incorrect because it can't be Hiva Tzarasa. So maybe you could say, the Master Grushasai herself only is a candidate for Chalitza, but Tzarasa or Chalitza or Mesyabemis. So the Brysa is not a raya one way or the other. As we discussed at the beginning of the Mesechta, Midaraisa, a woman who is a Ketana, 
the only person who has the right to marry off that the Kedushin should be considered a Kedushin, the Raisa, is our father. Chazal established that if you have a Ketana Yisoyma, a girl who's below Bas Mitzvah, whose mother or fa- brothers marry off, it's considered a Kedusha de Rabbonon. And since it's a Kedusha de Rabbonon, the Allah is that me, she's a candidate for Mian. Until she becomes 12 years old, she could say, I don't want to remain married to you. And Mian means the marriage becomes nullified. It's annulled. The Gemara we're going to have later in the Masechta, Dafkuf Zainam and Aleph, a Machloikis Beisham Beisilol, that when you had this girl who had a Kedusha de Rabbonon, and now she fills to her brother-in-law's Fayibam. According to Beishamai, the loch of Miyun that we just said is only towards a husband, not towards a Yavim. Beishilol says she could be Maman even in a Yavim. And by being Miyam, by saying to the Yavim, I'm doing Miyun, what she's doing is she's nullifying She's retroactively nullifying the marriage she had with the brother who died. And since she's retroactively nullifying the marriage she had with that brother, she no longer falls to Yibam. And therefore, the Allah is that she, once she does Yibam, Basil says, she becomes, she really was never married to the brother halachically. Remember the Rabbanon, the Allah is she shouldn't get married to him because she looks like an Eishasach. She looks like a woman who was married to the brother. And an Eishasach, Shloi B'maka Mitzvah, an Eishasach in a place where there's no Mitzvah Yibum, is now going to marry one of the remaining brothers. The Gemara over there continues on Achleikas Rav and Shmuel, where a person died without children and he had a number of brothers. And this girl did Miyun with one of those brothers which as we just said, according to Basil, it retroactively nullifies the original marriage. Rav says, just like the brother in which she did Miun, as I just said, she can't marry, she can't marry any of the brothers. The Allah is that if a Yavam gave a get, one of the brothers gave a get to the Yavama, the Allah is none of the brothers can marry that woman. Says Rav, the same thing applies by Mian. According to Shmuel, the halach is that she, like Basil taught us, she can do Mian in the Yavam. And by doing Mian towards a specific Yavam, it retroactively nullifies the entire marriage. And we said, however, Basil said that, that with that Yavam, to, to that Yavam, she will never allow to be married. But Shmuel says she may marry one of the other brothers. And it's not the same where a Yavam gave a get to the Yavama versus a case where the girl did Miyun. Why? Why? Because when the Yavam gave a get, he initiated the get. And that's why Chazal Seishmul says that all the brothers may not marry her. Miyun wasn't initiated by the brother. It was initiated by the woman. And what she was saying to the Yavam is, because I don't want to end up with you, I'm doing me to nullify the marriage. And that's why he can't marry her. But it has no effect on the other brothers. Says the Gemara. If a man was married to two women, one woman 
he had a Kedusha Drabonin with, where Mion is a possibility, as we just explained. And the other woman was a regular adult marriage Kedusha Daraisa. The Allah is, and the Ketana did Mion in the Yavam. And as we're learning now, the Ketana does Mion in the Yavam, he can never marry her. Certainly according to Beishama and even according to Beishel. What's going to be the Allah with the Tzor of that woman? Tzor is menace Asura. Again, to give an example, Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Shimon married Sora, who is the Yisoy Mektana, so therefore the marriage is a Nesun Drabonon, and he also is married to Rivka with a Kedusha Daraisa. Shimon dies without children. They fall to Yibum, his wives. Sora and Rivka fall to his brother Reuven for Yibum. Sora does Miun in Reuven, and that made the marriage that she had to Shimon retroactively nullified. So, so we learned that Basil agrees that Ruvay may never marry Sarah, and says the Gemara that not only may Ruvay not marry Sarah, she may not marry, he may not marry Rifkahat Sarah. Says the Gemara, Laman, exactly who are we saying may not marry the Tsar of the Memenis? Ilam Lashar Achen, if we're talking about the other brothers, Towards whom she did not do Yibam. Very difficult to understand, asked the Gemara. As we just finished explaining, she, the Mamenis, according to Shmuel, according to Basilel, only may not marry the woman, the man towards whom she did Meun. All the other brothers she may marry. She may marry. The woman who did the Meun herself can marry one of the other brothers. The only towards the husband, only towards the brother whom she did meun, may she not marry. But all the other brothers she may marry. So that Tsara, who didn't do anything, of course, should be allowed to marry one of the other brothers. Ella says the Gemara of the day. That what means, what, was, what Shmuel is saying is that the Tsaras Mamemenes is Osir. It's not also to all the brothers. It's only also to the brother towards whom she did Mion. And by doing Mion, not only is she also to him, but her sorrow will be also to him as well. Says the Gemara. Why are we saying that Mamenes can marry one of the other brothers? The lawyer of the Buhu. She did not love the Wemaisa. She only did Mion towards one brother, not towards the other brother. So ask the Gemara, Tsar Nami. The Tsara didn't do anything. Loy of the Shemaisa. She loved the Maisa. She didn't do Mion and this brother. And therefore, why should she be usher even to the brother to which the Ketana did Mion? Says the Gemara. The reason Chazal said that this is usher is because as we discussed, again using an example, Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Ruvain has a Basque Tana, and Ruvain married off his daughter Sarah to Yitzchak, a, a, a person not related. And by getting, and we go back to a Rashi at the beginning of the Masechta. Rashi says there's a concept of Yisoyma Chaya Av. You could have a girl who Baruch Hashem has a father. But halachically, even though we said at the beginning of our shir today that the Torah gives a right to a father to marry off his daughter, the Torah only gives that right once. That means if a father married off the daughter, our, our example, Ruvain married off his daughter Sarah to Yitzchak. 
And then Yitzchak divorces Sarah, or Yitzchak dies. So now, even though Baruch Hashem, her father, is still alive, the Allah is, he doesn't, even if he'll marry her off now, there will only be a Kedusha Drabanan where Mion is possible. And that's what he did. Ruve married off, Ruve married his niece. Shimon married his niece, Ruve's daughter. But as we explained, it's only Kedusha Drabanan. And Shimon has another wife, Rivka. And now Shimon dies without any children. So Sarah falls to Ruvain for Yibam, her father, and Hatsara. And Sarah goes does Mion. As we just explained, she perfectly may do Mion. And what she does with Mion, it means that she was never married to Shimon. So if we're going to allow Ruvain to marry Rivka, people are going to make the mistake that it's Sarah's erva. It looks like Rivka is the Tsara of Sarah, Ruvain's daughter. People are going to believe that a Tsaras Bitoi is Mutafayibum. But we learned at the beginning of Amasechta that a Tsaras Erva not allowed to have Yibam Mechalitza. Ask the Gemara, Tsaras Bita Mamenes Miasira, is that true? Vatanan, Kula Mamesu, in all situations, Mianutsura Seimataris. The Allah is that an Erva, if she died, if a man was married to one of, to a brother's erva, again, simple situation. If a man, if Ruve married off his daughter to Shimon, and Shimon has an, his daughter Sarah to Shimon, and Shimon has another wife, Rivka, and Sarah, Rachman Slan, died before Ruvain died, or if Ru, Sarah did Mion and Ruvain, so at the moment Ruvain died, he only had one wife, Rivka, who's a woman who's at, who was at one point at Tzara to the girl who died or to the girl who did mean, she is allowed, she's allowed to do Chiyiba Mechalitza with the brother, says the Gemara. Let's understand what the Mishnah meant in that case. Whom did she do mean? If she did mean in her husband, in Ruve while he was still alive, Haina Grusha. She did, that's the same as a grusha. Well, we learned that if a man was married to a woman, to two women, and one of the women that he was married to was a relative of his brother, a relative with a chiv karas, a chiv Mrs. Besden, and they divorced before he died, the fact that they at one point, there would have been no yibum here, because she's an erva, and there otherwise would have been tsar erva, is immaterial, because the defining moment is the moment of death. And at the moment of death, he was only married to that woman that is not a relative to his brother. And that's, a meun is certainly no worse than Grusha. Elav, the Allah is, uh, must not the Mishnah be talking about a case that she did the meun in the Yavam. That this girl, the, the surviving brother's daughter, who was married to his brother, that means the uncle who married the niece, never did meun in her uncle. But he died, and he down, she's doing me and, and her father. And yet the Mishnah is teaching us that even though certainly she can't have Yibam Chalitza, she's a daughter, but the Tzara does have Miyun. So isn't this a riot that the Tzara's Mamenes is allowed to have, the Tzara's Bitam Mamenes does do, is allowed to have Yibam? How are we saying that not? Says Merloi. It's talking about that she did me and the husband. 
Ah, if she did me and the husband, we just asked the question. That's no, it's certainly no worse. If anything, it's better because Mina knows a marriage. A get doesn't annul a marriage. A divorce is only terminates a marriage, but it doesn't annul it. So why does the Mishnah have to teach us that then? Says the Gemara, Trey Gavni Gerushin. The Mishnah wanted to teach us two examples of Gerushin, but not when she did the mean and the father. Says the Gemara. But we need to analyze this further. Why is the halacha that if she did mean and the husband, the halacha is that we disregard that marriage. Because what does Mian accomplish? As we just said, that crinolin assume what Mian does is it completely nullifies the marriage. So there should be no difference. If she directed her Mian towards the Yavim, Nami, it this it nullifies the marriage. It nullifies that she was never married to the brother. And therefore, if it was, she was never married, the Tzara is not a tzara serva. Why is there no yib machalitza now woman? Says the Gemara. The concern here is maris ayin, as Rami Bachami taught. Rami Bechaskel taught us. The Tanya Rami Bechaskel, Tanya Rami Bechaskel, me and Abbaal. If a woman that me and her husband materes l'aviv, she's allowed to marry her fa- her father-in-law, even though, of course, a man may never marry his daughter-in-law under any circumstances. Once a girl was a daughter-in-law, you could never marry that girl. Here, if she did miyun, it means she was never his daughter-in-law. And since she was never his daughter-in-law, he can marry her. The yavam, but let's say she did miyun the yavam, asur l'bala, lovev. He will not be allowed to marry her, the father. I, why? If we say Mion accomplishes that she was never his daughter-in-law, why should he not be allowed to marry her? Says the Gemara, as we keep on saying, we look at the moment of death. And at the moment of death, she looked like a daughter-in-law. I, later on, she did Mion and the Yavam. But the moment that we want to look at is the moment of death. And at the moment of death, she looked like a daughter-in-law. And that's why, since Nirska Kalosai, Hachanami, and the same thing, is going to be by Bita Memenis. Yes, if the daughter did, if his daughter didn't mean, and her husband, who happened to be her uncle, before he died, so when he, we look at the defining moment, the defining moment is death, at that moment, he wasn't married to his niece. But we look at the moment of death, Nas Nefila, and therefore at that moment, she was married. Yes, the daughter is going to do mean on her husband, and her father. The Yavim. And by doing me and, and the father, what she accomplishes is that she was really never married to her husband, and she never became a Yavama, and a Tsar is not a Tsaris Erva, but since at that moment it looked like a Tsaris Erva, nearest Tsaris Pitoi, and it's Asr. Says the Gemara, Amr of Asi, if somebody died and he had two wives, and one of the wives is an islandess, and as we also explained at the beginning of our Masechta, an islandess is not a candidate for Yibum. The reason an islandess is not a candidate for Yibum is because the whole purpose of Yibum is l'hokim shem l'achiv, to perpetuate the name of the brother who passed away. But if she's an islandess, a woman who's unable to get married, able to have children, so there's no din of Yibam. Says Rav Asi that not only is she exempt from Yibam, Tsaris Islands of Sura, her Tsar is also exempt. Shinamar, Fahoya Bukhar Shatailid, Pratla Islands 
Shani Yeladis. And therefore, since she's exempt, her tsara is in the category of a tsaris ever. Masar Sheshis. There's a concept that we're going to be discussing in our Masechta. That's the concept of Maimer. Midaraisa, how does a Yavam get married to his Yavama? There's only one way that it works, Midaraisa. And that is if you do, if you do Bia. But the Gemara often speaks about that the Yavam who intends to do Bia does ma- to do the act of Yibam, does Maimer. He does what we know as a Kedushin, Kedusha Kesev, Kedusha Shtar. And it seems from our Masechta that it was encouraged that Maimer should be done. It shouldn't be that the girl just gets married by Bia. So says the Gemara, we're going to learn in the Mishnah, you have three brothers married to three wives. They're not related. That are not at all related to each other. And one of the brothers passes away without children. And then one of the surviving brothers does maimer. And now he dies without children. Before he could have done a real act of Yibam. A real act of Biyah. The woman to which he did Maimer, and Hatsara, Chaltzus Veloy Miyamis. Because if the surviving brother, if he would have been Miyabim before he died, so then she would become his full-fledged wife, and then if that husband would unfortunately die, they both wives, again, nobody's related here, would fall to Yibam. Similarly, if there was no Maimer to this done. So then this surviving brother, where he has terrible tragedy, he has two brothers that died, both without children, both with the wives who are not related to each other. So then he would have to do Yibo Machalitza with each one of the of the Almanas. Here we're talking about a case where the, one of the brothers did Mimer in the Vama of the first brother who passed away. At this point, the only brother that passed away. So as we just learned, Maimer accomplishes that she's somewhat his wife, but it's not completely his wife, because Medaraisa, Maimer doesn't have standing. The only thing that has standing Medaraisa is Bia. So now, this woman, who was the Almana of the first brother, and the Balas Maimer to the second brother. Now, the second brother died before he could consummate it. And this woman falls to the third brother. So now we have a problem that you have him, him coming from two brothers to one woman from two brothers. So the Chazal said that we shouldn't be able to do Yibam here because pay, people will make a mistake and they'll believe that if a brother died with two wives, you could do Yibam with both wives. And of course we know you can only do Yibam in one wife, not the Einabayna Shnei You can't do Yibam in both wives. So we learn from here that a woman is only a candidate for Yibam. And Rabbi Yosef, in teaching us that Mishnah, says, the Zuhi Tsars Eshes Achmeav. This is a situation that a tzara of a brother's uh, paternal brother, 
she isn't a fila garmla. That's because she's falling to the third brother from two different brothers. There is no such a case. We have never found such a case midaraisa that there should be such a tzaras erva. It's only because of the maimer, which is midrabonim. Says the Gemara. What did Rabbi Yosef mean with the word zuhi? That this woman who was coming, that she was the wife of the first brother, and she was the balas maimer of the second brother, is not a candidate for Yibam. And not only is she not a candidate for Yibam, but even her becomes no longer a candidate for Yibam. Isn't that come to teach us? The Sharia, that a tzaras ailness is allowed to have Yibam Chalitza. Says the Gemara, that's not what Rabbi Yosef meant to say. Loy. What Rabbi Yosef actually meant to say was, that the Tsaras Islandess is also a Sira. Says the Gemara, my Zuhi. What is meant when Rabbi Yosef said Zuhi? Zuhi is in the field of Garm Lola This is the reason that she's also to the Tsara. And by a Chalitza. Islandess, but in the case of an Islandess, a field of Chalitza. Mid, but doesn't he need chalitza? Ask the Gemara, what does that mean? Says the Gemara, my tama, the homedaraisa. Since an islandess, the, the islandess doesn't have a chiv yibam medaraisa, because as we said, she can't have children. Since she can't have children, that's why she doesn't have chiv yibam chalitza nor tzara. Ha, in the case of that we just spoke about, which is drabonon, that's why. You, the Rabbanon said there shouldn't be Yibam, but there should be Chalitza. Here we're seeing that a woman who's an islandess can have children. So the Rambam points out, that a woman is not considered, uh, cannot be determined or identified to be an islandess until she's 20 years old. And based on this, the Briskorov says a beautiful pshat in Rashi. The Pasuk says, And it says Rashi, After every year that mention, the Torah uses the word Shana, When she was 100 years old, she was like 20 years old. A woman is, a person is not punished for various before the 20 years old. So the Rishonim ask that why is 20 the age that's identified? Doesn't a girl get bas mitzvah when she's already 12? Explains the briskerov. Sorrow we know is an islandess, as the Pasuk says, ain't love lad. But when is an islandess become an islandess? Only at 20. That means a woman who's an islandess is not considered bas not considered bas mitzvah until she's 20 years old. Sarah being an islandess was only considered bas mitzvah at 20. That's why the Rashi, Rashi says, bas kuf kebaschaf. Tanan, ask the Gemara, so we see that the Mishnah clearly indicated that if one wife is an islandess, the tzar is not usher. Answers the Gemara, loikasha. Rav Asi is speaking about a case, Shehikaba, that he knew that he was married to an islandess. And therefore, the Kedushin are not a Mekhtas, Kam Shloi where the husband didn't know. And since the husband didn't know, 
So the Kedusha was a Mekhtas. If the Kedusha was a Mekhtas, that means halachically he wasn't married to her. <coughs> if halachically he wasn't married to her, she's not his wife. And Hatzorah is not the Tzorah of Islanders. Dekanami, Diktani Shinimtsu. The Mershta used the word Shinimtsu. That means the husband who died never knew that his wife was an Islanders. The word Tani Shahayu Shmamina. Says the Gemara Amarava, Hilchasa, Tzorah's Islanders Mutaris. The halacha, however, is that the tsar of Islanders may have yibum, and not only may she have yibum if the husband was never aware that that other wife was an Islanders, and therefore halachically he wasn't considered married to her, even in a case where he knew she was an Islanders, and therefore he is considered married to her, she still doesn't make that the tsara is exempt from yibum. Says the Gemara, and even in the case even in a case where one brother is, where when one brother was married to a niece, and that niece turns out to be an islandess, the loch is that since the she's not a candidate for Yibam because she can't have children, then her tsara is not considered a tsara of a yavama. And since the tsar is not considered a tsar of the Yavama, she will be a candidate for Yibam Chalitza. Ask the Gemara, but didn't Amishna say El Tani Shinimtsu, which means that the husband was never aware. But if the husband was aware that his wife was an islandess, then it would be different. Says the Gemara, Tani Shahayo. So, and that even if he was aware, since she is not in the parish of Yibam Chalitza, because unfortunately she's an islandess, the Tzara, she, that she's discounted, and a tzara is a candidate for Yibam Chalitza. She's not the same as a tzara's erva. Kasha Ravin, Amar Yachin, Achat tzara's Mamenes, Achat tzara's Mailness, Achat tzara's Machsgushasai. All of these cases that we've been discussing in Ashurim, Kula Mataris, they all are mutter for Yibam. Not like Shmuel said that a tzara's Mamenes is not allowed to have Yibam to the brother who did. To whom mean was done. Not like we just said that a tsar, not like we said earlier in our share about a tsar's machsugushasai, and not like Rav Asi said about a tsar's islandess. Rather, a tsar of all these types of women is a candidate for Yimba. I we learned in our Mishnah that we can't say bechamoisai, or aim chamoisai, or aim chamov, shenimtsa islandess or sheimeno, that they were islandess or mieno. Because Islanders, obviously, they can't be because they had children. But they also can't be considered mi'un because, as we said, mi'un could only be done when a woman is a ketana. Once the woman is a gedoyla, even though her original marriage was only a kedusha de Rabbanon, she's not a candidate for mi'un anymore. Ask the Gemara. The Bryce says, there are three women that are allowed to put contraceptives to, while they're having relations. Ketana, Muberis, Minika. Ketana, Shemitus Aber. By a Ketana, we have to be concerned that maybe she's going to get pregnant. Shemitus, and that pregnancy will be dangerous and she won't be able to survive. Muberis, Shemitus, Ubersandal. We're concerned that the relations will cause that to, to damage 
the existing child. And as the Rishonim explained, the Allah is that once a woman is pregnant, she can't become pregnant again. So there's two Pshatim had to explain this. One way of explaining this is the pressure of the Bia will damage if she's, the pressure of the Bia will hurt the existing fetus. The other shot is that she's carrying twins. And because of the Bia, one twin will deform the other twin. Minika, maybe it's going to cause the child that she already, the nursing mother, maybe it's caused the child that she's nursing, maybe she will get pregnant and they survive, the child that she has is surviving on her milk. Once she becomes pregnant, her milk will stop and he'll die because he doesn't have what to eat. Before we go further, there's a very, very fundamental machlokus rishonim how to approach this. How to approach this gemara machlokus Rashi and Taisus. Rashi's opinion is that the three women that we're learning now that we're allowed to do mishtash mishemayich is before he does tashmish we're allowed to insert the mayich, and that even though normally one is not allowed to do tashmish, there's an iser of aitzah zeril of atala causing Tabia where the woman with the zeros goes to waste. Here, because it's Sakana, Chazal will make it according to Ramea, as we're going to learn. The Chamim disagree. Tysus disagrees. Rabbeinu Tam says it's only about putting in before, after the Bia. But before the Bia, it's never permitted. Ezek Tana. And the Bryson continues, who's the Ketanim? A girl between 11 and 12. A girl that's under 11 is not going to get pregnant. So since she's not going to get pregnant, all these concerns aren't there. Yes, okay, when she's older, she could survive the pregnancy. She could have normal intercourse and even there's a concern that we just expressed, what may happen, we don't need to be concerned. If something will happen, will take care of Says the Gemara, mid the comma, but the Brisa clearly indicated that the concern is, maybe she'll get pregnant and will die. So we see that it's a suffix. We see from here, that we have a katana, it's a question that it may happen, but it's not certain it's going to happen. So isn't it possible that you could, have, based on this price, that you could have a girl who's still a katana and get pregnant and have a viable child? So why are we saying that we can never have a case of a mother-in-law does mean? Because if she had a child, she must have been a gadoil already. And a gadoil can never do mean. We just saw a case where she's still a katana. She could have a child. And, if, and she could still, because she's a katana, given that if the marriage was only a kedusha drabanan, she'd be able to do mian. Tanan, but I had an Amish to say, they obviously could never have been islandists, they have children or shemina. Amos says the Gemara, Shemitis Abba the Thomas. Said the Gemara, the way to learn the price is not maybe she'll get pregnant and maybe she'll die. Rather to say, if she will get, pre- get pregnant, she will certainly die. There is rules. 
before she's 11 years old, she can't get pregnant. From 11 to 12, she will, she and the fetus will not survive. After this time, she and the baby could survive. So that's why the Mishnah still is workable. Because if she had a baby, it's a raya that she was not, she must be over the age of, of 12. And she can't do mean if she's over 12. That means that they did have children before. They just survived. But according to Rabbi Baravoy, that they can't have children, the Bryce should say that the reason a Chamoise can't do men is because she must have had the child before, after she was a Gedayla. Not to say that she already had the child previously. El Oilam. The question is Shemitas Av Shemitamas. Because if that's the question, El the Kasha Hach, how did the Mishnah say that she can't do Mian? If she's, we just said if a Katana could have children, so maybe this mother in law had the child when she's a Katana and she could do Mian. Children are the proof that she's a Gedailah. And therefore, the fact that she, she, even though she's under 12 years old, it's a right that she must have, she's already a G'dayla. What's the nafkamina? We say that Bonham are simonim or Bonham are Difa v'simonim. Says Gemara, the filler of Yehuda, even according to Yehuda, that says that the simonim are, that she brings, that she's 12 years old, and she has to Cyrus. And Yehuda says, Achiyirba has to be so many Cyrus that there's a lot of Cyrus in Oysamakim. Mishia, he'll agree, but me, the Bonim, Maida. That as soon as she has stay Cyrus and she had children, that she's a Gedoyla. Razvid Amar says the children herself are proof that she's a Gedoyla. I'm Bonim, but Oysamakim. But ask the Gemara, why do we have to do all of this assumption? The Nivdaik, why just don't we examine if she has Cyrus? Says the Gemara, but according to Mandama, that's concerned that they maybe fell out. So that's why it's not a good examination. That we don't make that concern. Michael Mema says the Gemara, I feel Mandama and even according to Mandama, that we never are concerned that they fell out. That they they fell out, and therefore, even if they didn't have simonim, but if she had a baby, that is a proof that she is a gedayla. So here we've been discussing about shalosh nashim misham It's a very interesting vart I saw. The halacha is that a person is not allowed to have relations mishnas raven when there's a, a gaif in the world. The Gemara says in Masechta Tanis, Tafir Alpha and Aleph, "Loyosav Yulat Shnei Bonim Beterem Tava Shnei Sarav." So, as Tosis, but didn't we learn that Yocheved was born as they were entering Mitzrayim? So, the Rosh answers that Levi, Yocheved's father, never fulfilled the mitzvah Puravu because he didn't have daughters, and therefore, to fulfill the mitzvah Puravu, you have to have at least a son and a daughter, and that's why he was allowed to have. Relations, even though it was a Shnas Ravin. But if that's the case, 
So Yosef also only had sons. So why wasn't he allowed to have relations? So answers the Panam Yofis that our Gemara says that a woman is not allowed to have relations when she's nursing because it may cause her milk to go away. And that, says the Panam Yofis, was the difference between Yosef and Levi. Yosef's wife was nursing. Since she was nursing, she wasn't going to be pregnant. The only reason that she's allowed to have relations to have children. But if she can't have children, they're not allowed to have relations. Levi's wife wasn't nursing. And he wasn't Mekayim the Mitzvah Puravu yet. That's why he was allowed to have relations. And that's how Yechebed was born.